So I don't know about you, but I found tonight's selection for the gospel to be particularly curious because it kind of opens in the, at the end of a story and you're like, well, wait, who, is, who are these characters involved? Uh, now the story you may know is, uh, the, uh, is the healing of the centurion's slave or the guard, the, yeah, the guard's slave. And uh, it happens just before this uh, in, in Luke's gospel. It's interesting that alone, uh, because you know that is a case where Jesus is actually tending to the Gentiles, because he's in Capernaum, which is near Israel, but it's not part of Israel proper. And then we see the giving back to life in Nain of the widow's son. Now this is an episode that really plays back and would play back to Luke's listeners as well as to us uh, as a scene straight out of, of Elijah and kind of connects Jesus with the prophet Elijah. And then lastly, we have John the Baptist sending his missionaries to learn if Jesus is the one. I think three things come out in this to pay attention to in this strange gospel selection. I think faith is one, compassion, and belief. Faith because what we are shown of what Jesus says in the interaction with the uh, slave owner is not even in Israel have I found such faith. This would be quite a blow to the uh, Israelites who are surrounding him, to the Jews who are following him. So uh, it is a high standard of faith. So I think that it's in today's reading just to sort of point out just faith. Just It's not about the story. It's about what's this high faith? Second thing is compassion. Even though there is in the middle of the healing of the widow's son, right at the beginning, we hear that the Lord had compassion for her. And he said to her, do not weep. You know, it really recalls Jesus' own weeping at Lazarus. And Mary and Martha's sorrow that we see in John. And I think it's an interesting connection the way those two things, those two things happen. And then lastly, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? And that's emphasized, that's stated twice. And whenever something is repeated, especially in immediate succession in the Bible, I think it's for attention and for emphasis. So are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? Now the translation that we have doesn't really capture uh, what Jesus does after that, because he doesn't immediately answer. And we, what we have is Jesus had just healed, he had just cured a number of people of diseases, but actually in the, in the Greek, it's almost like he does it instantaneously. He's doing it right then, right in front of these, these missionaries, these witnesses from John's camp who are come to see him. So it's literally happening. And, uh, so he doesn't answer, instead he acts, he does things. Cures diseases, plagues, he brings back sight. And importantly, the two missionaries are sent, they witness. And actually, witnessing is a common thread in all the three stories. The crowds witness as Jesus declares the importance of faith greater than in all Israel. The funeral party and the crowd, you know, we're told there's a crowd coming out of the city. They witness Jesus bringing back the widow's son to life. And most importantly, John's delegates, they witness. And in, in that way, 
proof is ascertained of what Jesus is actually doing. So he didn't really even have to answer the question, are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? He shows them. Through his actions are the answers, not with words, but with deeds. But then, after this happens, he finally does answer. And in a densely scripture-packed reply that really is directly borrowed from Isaiah, several chapters within Isaiah, he lists his resume of accomplishments. The blind get their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor get good news. And then it ends with something really interesting for me. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. That's really interesting because where else in, where else in the scripture, in the, in the gospels, is Jesus concerned about how people think about him? I mean, he, if he's comfortable tearing, tearing down the tables in the uh, temple, you know, why is he suddenly worried about this taking offense? And the best I could come to it is never, in all the stuff I read, uh, all the commentaries, they don't really mention it. What they focus in on is the blessing. But what I take this is, is, is a historical, uh, historically it's addressed to the followers of John. John the Baptist, as you may know, had his own group of followers. Some people, like we heard on, on Sunday, felt like he should be the Messiah. He was the Messiah. Uh, and so this, this other person coming in that John's asking about, many of the followers of Jesus, uh, many of the followers of John never really accepted Jesus. So what he's, I, the best I can think is, don't take, takes no offense at me, is that the followers of John join him. And they, and they let go of their, their sort of reticence, their hesitance to do it. So, but overall, I think in this, in this reading, as we hear about you know, faith and compassion and belief, I think we are today being called to be witnesses to God's deed in the world around us. Now, the interesting thing is those deeds are happening. They're happening right now. We have to train our eyes to see them. I think we see them in compassion that we feel toward others. I think we see them in compassion that, that we see between people throughout society and throughout the world. I think we see it in acts of faith, acts of faith such as never been seen, faith in spite of challenges, in spite of difficulties, in spite of you know, bad news or anything like that. And I think we see it in the healing, of the healing of both physical and spiritual pain. So tonight, we are called to be a witness. And I started to say, who knows what you'll see, kind of as a question. But then it answered itself. It says, God knows what you'll see. Thanks be to God.